3: It's not human
2: intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should?
1: Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, July 3rd. This is episode 256. My name is Dan Ellis and I'm joined in studio by... The puppy cuddling Ryan Duffy. (laughs) Matt is not with us this evening uh, while he's doing his doing uh, his new things that he's doing uh Wednesdays are tough for him and
2: we didn't want to record
1: on the holiday cuz you know it's because the stranger things and stuff, 3 so. comes
2: out tomorrow and Sarah and I are binge watching the shit oh, out of it Oh no
1: shit when is it I didn't know that it was coming out it tomorrow It drops tomorrow oh well I know what I'll be doing me too aside from maybe editing the show I don't know um, maybe I can do maybe I'll edit the show while Tracy's still in bed
2: and, and then she doesn't.
1: She doesn't leave the bedroom usually until ten o'clock at the earliest. What the fuck? Eleven most
2: days. I mean, sometimes later. I was up, played with puppies, checked my computer stuff, news, YouTube, went grocery shopping, washed my car, and was home by ten.
1: Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm usually at lunch when she rolls out of bed. Wow. Like, like I get up, do all my stuff, work for half the day. And I'm usually having my lunch when she rolls out of bed with all the dogs to bring them into the kitchen and feed them
2: and stuff. So yeah, 8- eight eight a.m. is a late sleep in morning for me usually.
1: Oh yeah, if I sleep in until eight, it's the weekend, like, and that's I've laid there for probably an hour, hour and a half looking yeah. at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um and speaking of bringing dogs down, uh, I think last week I may have mentioned that we were thinking about maybe think getting so. a puppy. And that did indeed come, come to pass, as it were. Uh, we adopted a cute, adorable little fucking, uh, she's half Boston Terrier, half, uh, French Bulldog. So she's a Frenchton. Okay. So she looks a lot like the other Bostons that yeah. we have. But she's a bit more squat and bully breed looking. Uh, I want to take her home. Shorter legs, and she's she's a little bow legged. But she's just so fucking cute, and she's so cuddly, and is just the sweetest little dog. And she has this tiny little tiny little pinky toe on her left paw that is it's it's a deformity. It's like she's just, yeah. It's like a half grown pinky toe on her left paw. And it's just it makes it that much more adorable because she just lets like she has no idea
2: even that, you know, hey, you're only you only have half a toe. Well, it's not it doesn't like anything that's going to hinder her. Oh, no. All, she so. still
1: runs around like crazy with yeah. the dogs. And uh, when we first got her, she had pneumonia and we were not aware of that initially. Uh We brought her home that night, met with the um with the rescue organization that had taken in a bunch of these dogs met with a couple of their representatives who brought her to a local Petco, where we went and met the puppy made, you know, we took Oliver and Ziggy to make sure that they were all going to get along mm-hmm. and everything. And they're all just, I mean, Boston's are some of the most accommodating breeds of dogs that I've ever had. Like they're just, they're super friendly and warm and, and like they, they like other dogs and they just like hanging out and playing and being super cuddly and playful and cute. Mm. And she's just, Oh, my God. Fucking adorable. Yeah. I was telling Ryan uh, before we came down here that I laid down on our bed last night um, while Tracy was finishing up cleaning some stuff in the kitchen. And she wanted a break from watching <laughs> watching the puppy. And so I laid down on her bed. And this tiny little puppy just came creeping over. She was like army crawling over <laughs> to me and just rested her head on my neck. And fell asleep, and she's just, oh, my God, I can't get over how adorable she is. And she's got all
2: this loose skin, and she's so soft, and, yeah, I
1: love her very much already.
2: And she just laid in my lap while I ate pizza and just snuggled there. <laughs> she's super cuddly. She's very playful. Uh, we took her into the vet,
1: and she does have pneumonia, Uh so we have her on antibiotics for that. Apparently, um... Tracy took her into the vet on Monday, just as soon as she could, you know, yeah. called the vet first thing in the morning and our vet was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm really booked up today. I'm not taking any new appointments, but you guys have been, you know, bringing all of your dogs here for so long. She's like, yeah, bring her in. I'll see what I can do for her. And yeah, confirmed that she has pneumonia. We were thinking maybe it was kennel cough, Yeah, but apparently it has developed into full-blown pneumonia. And so we've got her on antibiotics and everything. And she's already starting. Yeah. I mean, you can tell obviously just she's got energy. Oh yeah. From, from the way she acted when we first got her to how she's acting now, you can tell she's feeling quite a bit better. Um, still, you know, got to work on the potty training and stuff (laughs) like that. Cause she's only 12 weeks old. I think. So she's just, she's just a wee baby. (laughs) We've got to teach her all the things. And she's, just adorable. I can't get over how fucking cute she is. I just want to squish. I just want to squish her in a tiny little ball and put her in my pocket and carry her around all day. I don't think you have to squish her. She just fit. Probably. She's so small. I just, oh, we named her Lily, uh, for after Lilith. Yeah. So that'll, that'll be good. that will be a lot of, be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, she's, she's a whole lot of fun. Super sweet, cute, cuddly dog. Uh, what have you been up to for the last, Little while. Oh. It's been almost a week since I saw you. Almost we Thursday last week, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. What did I? Do? What did I do? Fridays? I don't remember what I did.
1: I don't know what you did. That's why I'm asking. Uh, <laughs>
2: must not have done a whole lot of exciting stuff. Yeah. I ordered. I ordered some new parts for the car.
1: I saw that you were working some things out. And yeah,
2: engine well, engine cause engine. I I when I drove My drove here in it last week, and I drove to home. I'm like something's not. Not right. Like when I would stop, I'm like, the engine's kind of doing a little like a little shimmy once in a while. Like it would just feel like it would torque. Mm-hmm. And It's got a lot of power in that thing. So when it kind of torques a little bit, the whole car kind of like torques and twists mm-hmm. when you're sitting there. I'm like, yeah, something's not wrong. So I ran the scanner on it again and I had tell me the engine's misfiring again. So I was like, fuck it. This time I'm going to just buy all brand new coils and wires and everything and just replace. Everything that does with ignition on it, so I did that, and it seems to be running fine now. Hmm. Well, that's good. And then while it was off, I decided to paint the uh, the plastic coverings on the engine and stuff. Oh, make it look a little different.
1: So that that's that snazzy red color, yeah. That I that I saw you post about.
2: Nice. Yep. So I did that. Very nice. Then uh, tomorrow, being the fourth of July, I guess I'm going to go drive in a parade with some of the other guys. Oh, cool. Some of the mascot miracles. No, just folks, or... car club guys. Oh yeah. One of them goes, "Hey, we're driving in the parade." I'm like, "That's cool." You guys should have a Corvette. And he's like, "Okay, this is when we're meeting up." I'm like, "Oh, okay."
1: <laughs> I uh, guess I'll be the Corvette guy then, then in the then parade. The,
2: then I said, "Well, what's 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 what exactly is the plan for the morning?" He goes, "Well, we'll be at your house at eight, and we'll drive over there." I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> what? Which parade? Uh, the Leighton City one. Oh yeah. So nice. I'm gonna do that. Then once we get done with that, I'm gonna come right back home and binge-watch Stranger, binge Stranger Things with Sarah and some puppies and some whiskey. Awesome.
1: That sounds like a fucking perfect day, man.
2: And then I'm going to stand out in the front yard and belligerently yell at people for making noise all night <laughs> with fireworks.
1: <laughs> My neighbors haven't been as bad this year as they were last year, though uh when you asked me about that earlier, I yeah. I think that it was around the 24th that it was much worse. We heard some fireworks last night and a little bit today, but it wasn't at all like it was last year. But again, I think last year was around the 24th that they were really bad.
2: uh, So around the 24th, I will not drive the Corvette here because last time when they were doing that shit, like I came out to leave and they're lighting off fireworks like five feet from the bumper on my car. I'm like, it's like, are you guys fucking, you just take up this entire cul-de-sac where cars are parked and launching fireworks right next to them.
1: Assets. Fucking dummies. Tracy heard them arguing last week or the week before, just like full on screaming at each other (laughs) and said she couldn't really make out what they were saying. But every now and then she just heard a little kid. Stop. Please stop it.
0: Stop.
1: It's like she's texting me. I I was in the office at the time. And so she started sending me text messages about it. She's like, "You think I should call the police. And I'm like, uh, yeah,
2: if If it's a domestic, you can
1: hear them screaming. Through the through their walls and our walls, while you're in the house, and then you can hear a little kid who's being traumatized by them arguing. Yeah, you should call the police. And right after that, she said, "Well, I, now I haven't heard anything for quite a while, so apparently they stopped and she didn't call, and we haven't heard anything since then." But
2: they're they're douchebags. Well, I've I've no, I noticed different cars there when I pulled in today. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: I try not to pay much attention to them. That just, it pisses me off how much I have to do to keep their
2: weeds out of my yard and their
1: toys and dogs and kids and fucking turds. Yeah. It it (laughs) seems
2: like they think they own the entire cul-de-sac and they really Uh don't care if you're driving down the road or trying to park where cars park. And they're like, I'm just going to sit here and play with my basketball.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first year that we were here, I can't remember. I think it was either you or Matt that was parked out in front of the house, and one of them came over and asked if we could have
2: the... Or maybe it was just family members. I don't remember. Anyway. Well, I got. I remember I got asked to park on the other side once. Oh, yeah? I can't remember if that's by what it was. By them? A, or? No, by... Like, while we were here, like, oh, can we move the car? I can't remember what that was for, though.
1: I can't remember exactly either. But they asked, like, if people could move the cars that were parked in front of my house and... Being new to the neighborhood and generally just an agreeable sort of person, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, oh, I'll move. And after that, I decided in subsequent interactions with them that I shouldn't really give a fuck what yeah. they asked me for or anything because it it was clear that that would just become a thing.
2: They're like, well, you said you want not park in front of your house so we could park there. Yeah.
1: And so they haven't bothered coming over to ask me to have anybody else move since then. And it's probably because they have realized that I would tell them no and, and don't and, uh, fucking come over here and bother me with yeah. that shit again. It's the fucking public road in front of my house. Yeah. If people want to park there that I know who are visiting me, then yes, they can fucking park there. How about you clean some of the shit out of your fucking garage and you can park in there?
2: Well, I think uh I got some decent neighbors. Yeah, because uh, when I was at work, Sarah said the neighbors came over to help me. I was like, "What?" She's like, "I was trying to remove, continue removing that tree stump, and they saw me out there with the hatchet." So the guy said, Do "You want some help?" And they brought over a bigger axe and started to help and chop out the tree stump. Looks like you need a bigger axe, there, lady. Well, she had like my camping hatchet trying oh, to yeah. basically chop roots out of the ground that are probably a. Something got to be at least eight inches wide. Like oh, wow. they're big roots from this. Yeah. Fucking thing. You talking circumference or diameter? Uh diameter.
1: That's it. Yeah. When she was chopping that root yeah. that big with a yeah. with a hatchet. Yeah.
2: And there's like one main root going straight down that I can kind of see in there that looks like it's the width of the actual like it's it's gotta be at least I don't know, a good eighteen to twenty inch stump. Damn. That's sitting there. It's one of those shit trees that Utah has that you can't fucking kill it. Like a Russian olive or? It's, uh, this is the stump that we poured, uh, bleach into, drilled Uh holes into, put bleach into it, put salt in it. And I even took that Flex Seal fucking spray paint. And covered the whole thing and shit. <laughs> it was still fucking trying to live. You need to just rent a stump grinder, man. Well, it's right next to the house. So even a stump grinder would be worried uh, about like hitting the, uh, the the, the, the brick fascia on the front of the house uh, there and the foundation. Like, oh, hmm. That's definitely a problem. Yeah.
1: Could, could just, I'd hire a landscaping company.
2: I'll give you 200 bucks to come and do this. They'll, they'll probably charge way more than 200 bucks.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, there, that shit's getting expensive, man. Anyway, yeah. uh,
2: so,
1: <laughs> uh, what else did I want to say? Oh, uh, no, I think that's about it for me. Puppies. As well.
2: Huh? Yeah, just puppies. Yeah,
1: puppies. Enjoying the dogs. I, I was covered in Boston Terrier. Well, Boston's and Frenchton <laughs> last night. And that was adorable. So she, she crawled and laid across my neck. And then Oliver came over and curled up into a ball, you know, in my left arm mm-hmm. that was just next to my body. And then Ziggy came and crawled and, you know, curled up into a ball between my legs. I was just, I was covered in dogs and loving it. They were, they're just all so fucking cute and fun and funny and goofy
2: and they're just little clowns. Yeah. And I, squishy. I think our, our Lulu taught Oz how to bark. Uh-oh. Because she'll do, it's a weird bark. Uh-huh. She doesn't bark right off the bat. Uh-huh. If she wants some, she kind of a...
3: <laughs>
2: so she she winds up she, to the bark she makes monkey noises pretty much <laughs> uh it's like it's like a muted bark that she does before she actually barks mm-hmm. uh, but then uh now Oz will sit there and if he wants something, he'll sit there and just be looking at us for about a good four or five minutes, then he'll just be like,. Row!
1: <laughs> His really
2: loud barking. just loud <laughs> just full bore bark he's like well when lulu does it she gets what she wants
1: i've seen how you guys you know respond to this kind yeah. of
2: treatment so yeah, we're kind of like like i don't know what you want though oz <laughs> like i i invite you to come sit on the couch with me and lay in my lap i take you to go shit in the yard what do you want
1: <laughs> no i want something though I don't know what I want. She doesn't. She gets stuff. She gets balls. I just know that you're not paying attention to me. Yeah. Grabbing your attention by yelling at you. (laughs) Uh, we got a bunch of stories to cover on the show this evening, so let's get to that right after this break. Okay.
3: Hey, everybody. I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. We have the Latter Day Lesbian Podcast. It's the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. Mm -hmm. And so we do that every week on a podcast, don't we? We do. You're supposed to jump in. Just Sorry. jump in anytime. Okay. <laughs> I'm here. We are available on your favorite podcast app. Just uh, look for latter Lesbian, where your favorite podcasts can be heard. And you're listening to The Godless
0: Revolution.
3: You know, I'm pretty sure people in Utah have telephones. Yeah, but
2: Susie's Mormon. Oh, shit. She doesn't have electricity? Oh, that's the homage. they are Mormons. Super religious white people. They have electricity and cars and stuff, but since I'm not
3: Mormon, her parents would never approve... rejoining the godless revolution podcast now we have some
1: listener feedback to start off with it's a it's a it's a bit of a correction yeah i made a fuck up and and i and i yes and did you while we were talking i should have realized Hey, well, let's get to the feedback first. So uh, we got a message from Marius Kottbutrakowski out on what, our Patreon page.
2: What, were you just going to say, I should have realized Duffy's just wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're not. You're not always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wrong just as much, probably. Um But so I can't even remember which episode it was. It was two or three episodes ago. Yeah. We were talking about hit How even if stuff. people
2: are in power doesn't, if they got elected, doesn't mean they're going to, can do, can't do bad things. Cause yeah. Like, yeah.
1: And and I think you made a comment, something along the lines of Hitler was, was elected. He, like, and yeah. I, and I said, yeah, yeah I, think, yeah. I
2: think I said Hitler and Stalin were both elected to their countries. And
1: yeah. So we got this feedback from, from listener Marius Butrakowski he says, guys, Hitler was not elected. He was appointed as chancellor by the Christian right party in hopes of appeasing him then his agents set fire to the reichstag so he could blame the left for it and purge them from the parliament by delegitimizing left-wing parties that's what gave us that's what gave nazis the majority it was a coup and i should have when you said that he was elected i should have that should have set off you know a little bell in my head that you were wrong because i've played secret hitler enough to know That, yeah, he wasn't elected. He was appointed chancellor and then came into power. So if,
2: if I would have just played more games like that, I might have known too. (laughs) But it sounds (laughs) like a fun game.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. Well, and apart from, you know, learning this in, in school and stuff and then also playing Secret Hitler, I should have been paying more attention and, and, and noticed that, but I did not. And so thank you very much for the correction. I'm, I'm sorry. We, we misspoke on that. We were, we were wrong. So uh and in order to address that more fully i wanted to go and read the wikipedia entry about the election where yeah. where this all happened uh this is from wikipedia it is on the 1932 german presidential election it says the 1932 german presiden- presidential elections were held on 13 march for the first round and 10 april for the second round runoff they were the second and final direct ec- ele- ec- elections Yay! to the office of President of the Reich, Germany's head of state under the Weimar Republic. The incumbent president, Paul von Hindenburg, was first elected in 1925, was re-elected to a second seven-year term of office.
2: With a name like that, I thought he would have crashed and burned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, the humanity. <laughs> His major opponent in the election was Adolf Hitler of the National Socialist German Workers Party, NSDAP. Under the Weimar system, the presidency was a powerful office. Hindenburg, who deeply mist- distrusted and personally detested Hitler, had been motivated to run for a second term primarily by a desire to stop Hitler from winning the presidency. Nevertheless, following his re-election, Hindenburg failed to prevent the NSDAP from assuming power. Two successive federal elections left the NSDAP as the largest party in the Reichstag and anti-Weimar parties in control of a majority of its seats. Under this political climate, Hindenburg reluctantly appointed Hitler as Chancellor of Germany in January 1933. Incumbent President Paul von Hindenburg was 84 years old and in poor health. Never enthusiastic about the presidency or public office in general, Hindenburg had planned to stand down after his first term. However, the prospect of Adolf Hitler being elected President of Germany persuaded the reluctant incumbent to seek a second term. The German government of Chancellor Heinrich Brüning had developed plans to evade direct elections by a Reichstag resolution to extend Hindenburg's time in office and arranged significant concessions to be made to Hitler's NSDAP and the German National People's Party, DNVP, (laughs) under Chairman Alfred Hugenberg. However, both party leaders, unified in the Herzberg Front Alliance of October 1931, rejected his proposals.
2: So, it sounds like a soft coup, kind of. A soft coup? Well, I would consider, like, a a very straightforward hard coup would be, like, we're going in, the military's taking over, and we're taking over this office. Where this is kind of yeah. like, no, we kind of got in there and destroyed your rules and made it so you couldn't do anything, and we put our guy in power through semi-legal?
1: Semi-legitimate? route. Quasi-legitimate route, Yeah. In the 1930 federal election, the NSDAP had dramatically increased its number of seats in the Reichstag. Despite becoming a German citizen and thus eligible for public office only on 25 February 1932, Hitler hoped to use the presidency to overturn the Weimar Constitution and establish a a dictatorship. In view of that threat, the Social Democrats and Brüning's Center Party would support Hindenburg. In contrast to the 1925 presidential election, when the nonpartisan had become had been the candidate of the political right and had been strenuously opposed by much of the moderate left and political center however in 1932 this part of the political spectrum divided, decided to unite with the moderate right in supporting hindenburg to prevent hitler's election the support of the moderate weimar coalition was also encouraged by the fact that contrary to fears expressed at the time of his election in 1925 hindenburg had not used his office to subvert the constitution as Hitler now aimed to do what somebody in political office working to subvert the constitution. That doesn't sound like anybody we know named Trump
2: that wants to serve forever. (laughs) And even put out a fucking tweet where it kept saying like every four years with Trump, 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 Trump. And at the end, Trump forever. Mm
1: -hmm. And then just today who tweeted that he may still be trying to get the the, uh, the uh,
2: citizenship question put yeah. on the census that the Supreme Court said was unconstitutional. And, you yeah. know, he was told this is already heading to the printing press. You can't do this.
1: Yeah. And apparently hinted at the possibility that he may just decide, I don't care what the Supreme Court says, because, you know, I'm the Supreme Leader. I mean, I'm the president. Yeah. And, you know, I'm... Numero uno, as they would say south of the border. So that's what they call me. Yeah, he... Numero uno when they're not calling me numero dos. I don't know what they call me
2: numero dos for.
1: I think maybe it has something to do with poop. I don't know for <laughs> sure.
2: He wants to be a dictator.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. Where was I? Uh, Bruning recogniz- recognized that only a general support from the right would induce Hindenburg to announce his readiness for candidacy. He therefore arranged the formation of a Hindenburg committee chaired by the Berlin mayor Heinrich Saam, publishing a declaration of support to Hindenburg as the candidate of national unity and German Volksgeimenschaft. The writer Gerhard Hauptmann, painter Max Liebermann, Arthur Mauron, leader of the Young German Order, the industrialist Karl Duisburg, as well as the former ministers Otto Gessler and Gustav Nuske were among the signatories of the appeal, which convinced Hindenburg to run. The Liberal German People's Party and the German State Party also declared their support. The Social Democratic leaders Ernst Heilmann and Otto Braun, himself a candidate in the 1925 election, despite the initial resistance of the party's left wing, were able to launch a broad electoral campaign and receive the support of the Iron Front Alliance, including the Democratic Reichsbanner, Schwarz-Rotgold Association, the Free Trade Unions ADGB, AFA Bund and the Arbitearturn und Sportbund organization. Sounds like a baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> On the far right, the Herzberg front collapsed when the DNVP nominated the Stahlhelm leader Theodor Duisterberg. and I'm sure I'm murdering all of these names as its own candidate. Dösterberg immediately faced a massive defamation campaign by the National Socialists who, however, still had to procure German citizenship for Hitler. He wasn't even a German citizen. he's from Austria. The problem was settled in the second attempt by Dietrich Klages, National Socialist State Minister in Brunswick, when he appointed him a government official. As in 1925, the Communist Party nominated Ernst Thalmann, backed by the Communist International. It was hoped that he would gain support from left-wing social democrats disguised by Hindenburg's character. Indeed, leftist splinter parties such as the Socialist Workers' Party of Germany and the Internationaler Socialistiker Kampfbund organization declared their support, as did intellectuals like Karl von Asetsky. Under the electoral law, a candidate who received an absolute majority of votes, i.e. more than half, in the first round was elected. If no candidate received a majority, then a second round would be held. In the second round, the candidate receiving a plurality of votes would be elected. A party was permitted to nominate an alternative candidate in the second round, but in 1932, this this did not occur, unlike 1925. In the first round, on March 13, no candidate ob- obtained an absolute majority of the votes cast, though Hindenburg, with a
3: 49.6%,
1: failed only by a narrow margin. He scored higher election results in traditional social democratic and center strongholds, such as the Prussian Rhine province or Saxony. Hitler's results were a great disappointment to him. Nevertheless, the NSDAP recorded further gains compared with the 1930 Reichstag election. The expectations of the communists presenting, quote, the only left candidate, end quote, were not nullified, were not fulfilled. Nevertheless, they continued their fight against the policies of the social democrats and nominated Thalmann for the second round on April 10th. Hindenburg, Hitler, and Thalmann competed in the second round after Dursterberg had resigned. DNVP and Stahlhelm ab- abstained from making any recommendations, while the Agricultural League and the industrialist Fritz Thyssen, or Thyssen declared themselves in favor of Hitler. Hindenburg was elected president by an outcome of 53%, while Hitler significantly increased his result by more than 2 million votes compared to the first round. Largely benefiting from Dusterberg's withdrawal, and then it's got the results here.
2: I'm I'm a little confused at these results. Yeah, Uh registered voter turnout. So first round there was 43 million, blah, almost 44,000,
1: just at, under 44,000. At 85, or 44 million. Sorry.
2: At 85.6 percent. Uh huh. Then the second round had 44 million, which was 82.9 percent of the voters.
1: That's registered voters and turnout, turnout slash turnout.
2: So the first one had less voters, but a higher percentage. The other one has more voters, but less percentage.
1: Maybe more people
2: registered. I I guess maybe I'm thinking it's kind of like ours. Like once you're registered, registered, you're registered. Actually vote. Yeah. Like the, maybe they have to register for each one. Yeah. Which would be odd, I guess. I would assume that if you vote in the first one, you'd be registered to vote in the second one. That could be. But yeah, Hitler did pick up more than 2 million yeah.
1: votes between the two rounds. And it looks like almost all of that was pulled from... Well, some of it... Yeah, it was actually all pulled from, from Dursterberg. Yeah. And... Thalmann lost some. It looks like the bulk of those probably went to Hindenburg. Yep, he, he gained. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Aftermath, Hindenburg, who owed his election to the support of the Social Democrats, took office with little enthusiasm because he didn't want to run anyway. Yeah. On May 29, he dismissed his intercessor, Chancellor Bruning, and appointed Franz von Papen, a declared anti-Democrat, his successor. Although Hitler lost the presidential election of 1932, he achieved his goals when he was appointed chancellor on 30 January 1933. On February 27, Hindenburg paved the way to dictatorship war and Nazi rule by issuing the Reichstag Fire Decree, which nullified civil liberties. See what happens when you remove civil liberties? Mm -hmm. Hitler succeeded Hindenburg as head of state upon his death in 1934, whereafter he abolished the office entirely and replaced it with a new position of Führer and Reich Kanzler, leader and Reich Chancellor cementing his rule the 1932 election was the second of only two direct presidential elections of the weimar period when after world war ii the modern office of german federal president was established in 1949 following the restoration of democracy in west germany it was decided that the president would be chosen indirectly by means of a federal convention consisting of parliamentarians and state delegates to date, therefore, the 1932 election was the last occasion on which a direct presidential election has occurred huh. in Germany. I didn't know that. That's interesting.
2: I think I had heard, I can't remember if it was, I, someone was talking about how they elect in some of the European countries where it's you elect your local officials, you elect, mm-hmm. and they all pick who's going to be the leader. Mm-hmm. So if all your districts, of a majority of the districts vote, Labor Party, you're probably going to get someone Labor Party as your top leader, top dude, as a top dude, yeah, because they have more votes to cast for their case (laughs) maybe, yeah, because they have they have more votes to cast for their uh, their 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 person.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I can't imagine that working here. I and it's I something think, I think, it's something that I that I, I'm almost thinking we need these days just because people here are so
2: fucking stupid. I think the US is too large to have something like that work. Not that not that it would not work, uh, but to be accepted. Oh yeah, people would lose their minds. Yeah, like that
1: that just wouldn't happen unless I don't know. Uh, I mean I, I, I say that wouldn't happen. I never figured that fucking yeah. the, the orangutan would ever be and, elected president. And I
2: think the electoral college shouldn't really be a thing or should be revamped. Not just because Trump got in underneath the electoral college. Um, I mean, cause we are a democratic republic. So we do vote for our representatives and our representatives get to put in the ballots for, you know, how many, whatever for the electoral college side of it, but that should be revamped every, uh, 10 years well and i i think that the electoral college is a thing that
1: has outlived its usefulness yeah and it was set up initially in large part just because we were so so, rural. so yeah such a such such a large landmass with people disparately placed throughout mm-hmm. that it was so hard to disseminate you know all of the news and gather votes and do all like, it was just a huge pain in the ass. And so they're like, well, Hey, you know, why don't we just say, well, you've got this much of a population. So you get, you know, based on how the vote goes there, you get this many delegates yeah. to vote on who's going to be the next president. And that's how that has worked ever since then. And it just is weird to well, me that it still is around. And thing- we can get, I mean, we have, I can get, Access to, you know, any publicly available information at
2: the blink of an eye. That's where, that's where the Republic side of it comes, the Democratic Republic side of it is you, you vote for your direct representatives and they kind of, even though you still vote for the president, it's kind of like, Hey, we're going to take on advice of you and you all say you want this person. So that's who we're casting our deleg, our delegation's votes for, Mm. but you don't have to. Yeah. Some states you can be punished by law if you don't put the ballot in the way they they say to. Mm-hmm. But now there are some states that are going to we will give our ballots to whoever wins the popular vote nationally.
1: Mm-hmm. Which, well, and and yeah, and it depends on the state. I know some states do are proportional to the numbers that they get in in voting from the wider public, the wider populace. Yeah, uh, you know that that it's not a winner take all. Some states are winner take yep. all Some states, are the, they'll apportion it split out it. based on yeah. the vote totals for either candidate. Yeah. So
2: depends on the state you're in, and that's all. In every state, I think, things. as far as it goes for the president, you can have different rules for your state leaders. Mm-hmm. But as far as it goes on the national scale for the president, every state should have to follow the same rules, I think. I th- and both parties should have to follow the same rules. Both
1: Party should have to follow
2: the... Do they, what do you mean both parties should Well, have to like the with the way? primaries, before the actual presidential election, hmm. Democrats have superdelegates. Republicans don't. Hmm. Do Republicans not have superdelegates? Yeah. Nope. Oh. Okay. Well, and then
1: there's caucuses and primary yeah. votes, and... I mean, it's a mishmash of all kinds of fuckiness out there. There's no standard across everything.
2: No. And I know for Utah, anyone oh, can go and cast a vote for the Democratic Party. You have to be a registered Republican in order to cast a vote for the Republican party.
1: Yeah, that is true. Yeah, here in Utah the the parties the parties have set up who can vote in the
2: primaries yeah. and who cannot. And so you can be you can be Republican, you can be independent, you can be Democrat, you can be Green Party whatever, and you can still go cast a ballot in the the, the Democrats' mm-hmm. primary. But mm-hmm. You can't do that for the Republican primary. You yeah, have, you have to, be to be a Republican, registered Republican yeah. to to vote in that one.
1: Which is a weird thing too. Like you have to register your party affiliation in, in order to. That seems, I'm surprised more religious people here in the state aren't freaking out about. I mean, they freak out about, oh, they're going to put chips in us and it's a yeah. sign of the beast and blah, blah. I'm not going to do this near field communications or get, get, you know, something in my phone that I can just wave in front of a scanner and it's going to magically know what's going on. That's
2: magic and sorcery. And that's work of the devil. See, and I I usually register as an independent, because mm-hmm. there usually isn't a really strong independent person out there that's looking for everyone that's registered as an independent to send them shit. I
1: think most <laughs> people say that they're independent, which, okay, sure, say you're independent, but you're still going to vote one way or the other, oh, yeah, more often you're going to vote one way versus the other. It's not, but you're, you're not completely open to the whims of whatever, you're not, I mean,
2: I don't know. It, but the Democratic Party... Is going to be more likely to access voter information for people who are registered Democrats to send them information than independents. I think, I think one of the biggest things that we could do to help
1: improve the way elections are run here, run and held is public funding for elections. No, no outside private donor money, nothing, nothing. It's all publicly funded. You have from this date to this date to run your campaign, go door to door, do whatever you need to do. But there's no, there's no individual contributions to mm-hmm. it. There's no lobbying for it. There's no packs for it. None of that bullshit. It's all your, you campaign for six months from here to here. You and have this it. much money to, to do yep. with as you please for your campaign. Yeah, that that would be a much better way to work things. than instead of no, money equals power and votes, and corporations yeah. are people, my friend.
2: Well, uh, I think it was on the Two Skeptical Chaps recently. What they're talking about in uh, with the recent elections in Europe. Hmm. Actually, it might have been when I heard about the other part too. It might hmm. have been from them. Um, but the, uh the guy that kept getting the milkshakes thrown on him, the fucking Carl Benjamin, uh, Nigel no. Farage, Farage. He didn't even get enough votes to get the $5,000 he had to pay into the system back. Because I guess how it works there is in order to put your name on the ballot to run, because anybody can run, Hmm. you have to put up $5,000. It's basically kind of so like, hey, we know you're serious. You got some skin in the game. You got some skin in the game. And then you get access to the public money for your campaign. But you have to reach a certain percentage of votes in order to get your $5,000 back. And he didn't reach that.
1: Ah. I guess that would stop some people gaming the system to just get money to run as a wacky yeah. candidate. You yeah. Know? You've, you've got to put up some, like, no, you're honestly working to be elected. You're and not also, just a spoiler candidate or some yeah. jag-off with nothing better than that. Or to just do.
2: some mental case like me they'd be like i'm gonna run for president Yay. <laughs> they're gonna pay for oh. all
1: and all i have to do is go out and talk to people
2: wait i gotta give them five thousand, and if i don't get a certain percentage of votes i don't get my money back well i don't think
1: i'm gonna get that so <laughs> maybe i should rethink uh, this little endeavor
2: i'll save my five grand hmm that's interesting
1: i did i was not aware of that uh but yeah so there you go there's some yeah german history on on the hitler's We are not ashamed to be corrected. No, I'm very, very glad that you sent that in, Marius. Absolutely. Thank you very much for sending in that correction and allowing us the opportunity to correct the record on that and and say that, yes, we were wrong. Happy to admit it and issue a retraction and provide more information about how that all went down. So thank you. Thank you. Thank
2: you. I mean, I'm not too. I was never very up on German history itself. I've always enjoyed reading about World War II and the different stuff that went on. But most of that doesn't cover, like the stuff I've read is, you know, different units or whatever, not talking about how Hitler how got he actually there. actually came to power. Yeah. And as, as you know, Maris, we're in America. Uh, and our education system is lacking sometimes in history. <laughs> we were taught that we were very nice to Native Americans and we just gave them all this free land. <laughs> we, we put them up in special camps and yeah. worked to protect them from yeah. the From the nasty buffalo that were trying to kill him,
1: <laughs> Christopher Columbus was a
2: great guy
1: yep. oh man, he yeah,
2: came, he came directly here to the Americas mm-hmm
1: and and he wanted nothing more than to come and share his technology and knowledge with the with with,
2: with, with the other intelligent the people of the world
1: peoples. yeah he was he was an emissary of goodwill, no, that's not no. how that worked at all. Uh, It was it was a really bad deal. All right. Well, that was our little update from some listener feedback and a correction. So
2: we always we always drone on. We do. Sorry. (laughs) We'll get on to more stuff after this.
4: My name is Mandisa Thomas, and I am the founder and president of Black Nonbelievers Incorporated here in Atlanta, Georgia you may find us at blacknonbelievers.org you can also find me on patreon at
3: patreon.com backslash mandisa latifa and you are listening to the godless revolution i've got a good feature for you no you haven't rude you haven't even heard it yet no need crystals told you The healing power <laughs> they bullshit you're so narrow-minded no. You don't believe in anything? Yes, I do. thought you were atheist. Yeah, it doesn't mean I don't believe in anything, does it? It means I don't believe in any God. How can you not believe in God? Which one? What do you mean? Well, uh, Zeus. Who? Greek God. Or Ra? Or Ganesh? No, not those ones. The real one in the Bible. Yahweh. Just God! Well, you know how you don't believe in all those other gods I mentioned? That's how I don't believe in yours. How can you not believe that someone created all this, though? Why do you believe that someone created it all? Because it's so good. Can't just be chance, can it? What, the Big Bang? Everything came from nothing? That's impossible. You're right. God did it. Right. So, where did God come from? He's always been around. There you go. Easy, isn't it? You and the godless revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one.
1: Our uh fake historian David Barton decided that he'd chime in on some further bullshit fuckery. Well, I mean, if you stand inside of a museum,
2: aren't you automatically a historian?
1: <laughs> I think that's how it works, yeah. yes. Yes, that's exactly how it goes. Yeah. So uh David Barton teamed up with Stephen Crowder. Yeah just another jackass uh and is promoting the idea that our founding fathers in creating the second amendment second amendment envisioned that we would have no restrictions on it whatsoever that you have the the right to keep and bear arms period well that's what
2: he thinks the founding fathers intended then he should go read the papers the founding fucking fathers wrote on what they intended for the different amendments to actually do and mean, because mm-hmm. they wrote that down. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yeah, but you know that doesn't fit the bit, the narrative that Barton it wants doesn't. to believe. So,
2: I mean, I, I I read the whatever chapter from the trying to promote Federalist Papers, which they do like the Federalist Papers when it agrees with them. Uh-huh. But when it disagrees with them, they don't like
1: that Then shirt. they just ignore
2: it, pretend it doesn't exist, bury their heads in the sand. Be like, hey, this was written by James Madison. Cover their one ears of and the, go, la, 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 yeah, la, One of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. And, oh, the one who wrote the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And he tells you exactly what he meant by it.
1: Yeah, and David Barton is, is a faux historian, pseudo-intellectual dickbag who promotes all kinds of nastiness, you know, for people on the right and, and demonizes people on the left all the time. And so he and Stephen Crowder teamed up to uh, talk about the Second Amendment, which was mm. a lot of fun. Let's play that clip.
2: A lot of people say if the Second Amendment um, were written today, it would be different because they didn't take into account, for example, firearms that might have had
4: higher capacity or uh, were more effective. Do you have any answers for for those folks? Yeah. you remember they had 10-shot muskets? Remember the muskets they used back then? Yeah. Wait, I, hold I, on. Well, no, I,
2: a ten shot musket? A musket by definition is a single shot weapon. Is it by definition? Let's look at let me look up what a, a musket is. A musket is a muzzle loaded weapon. Let's
1: see a musket, an infre- infantryman's light gun with a long barrel, typically smooth board muzzle loading, and fired from the shoulder.
2: That's that's the definition of musket. Yeah, but muzzle loading. It has no magazine. No tube to hold ammunition in it. It's muzzle loading. Let's see, musket with multiple rounds. I don't think that.
1: How many rounds? There's
2: like there's there's nothing in here that 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 says anything about the top one. There said you could fire up to four rounds a minute.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, in this, I mean, this mentions the Ferguson rifle, which was a flintlock, but. Rather than being... It was a
2: breech load, so yeah, it was still a, a single load, shot.
1: Not a muzzle loader, yeah. It's
2: still a su- single shot weapon. A musket is a muzzle loaded weapon, which by I'm saying by definition is a single shot weapon because you can only fit a single shot in it at a time. Well, this says multiple bullet muskets. Let's look at well, that. Well, you can put multiple bullets into a musket. Yeah. But it's still one shot. Yeah.
1: Huh. I... Yeah, I've I've never heard of a musket firing
2: more than one. I just wanted to make sure that, you know. Well, the way he made it sound was like it had a chamber on it and you could just automatically reload without having to put another to start the whole thing over again.
1: Well, there's a link here to somebody shooting three shots with a musket in in 46 seconds, seconds. and that's like an amazing feat. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I am not entirely sure what the hell David Barton is saying there. I would guess that he isn't really either. Like he's, He may just be fucking making this up, which is something he is wont to do. You know, it sounds like it.
2: I remember they also had the,
4: the pepper box revolver, right? They the puck, the puckle have, gun, the Girondoni air rifle. See, the, the deal was you have a right to defend yourself, right. whatever you have a right. So the biggest weapon that day would have been a cannon, Yes. hands down cannon. You're allowed as a citizen to own cannons. Yes, that's that was dumb. the the letter of uh, Mark and Reprisal to. Uh, um, was it from from? Uh, well, do you, uh, you have Madison. You have all the. As a matter of fact, yeah, it was,
2: Ma- was it Madison?
4: Well, when you go back in state laws, state laws provide for it. So the founding right. fathers talked about it because what they did.
1: Oh, so state laws. Some state laws yeah. provide for it. He's not, th- and that's another fucking slippery fucking thing that this asshole does. Is he'll. Slip in and out of federal laws versus, versus state, state laws. laws.
2: Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is t- you right now today, you can legally possess a cannon if you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, black powdered weapons are not, uh, restricted. Mm-hmm. So you can go, you can go own a cannon if you want. I've, I've mentioned
1: my grandfather on the show a few different times who. Uh, is way, way into guns, ran a gun shop in Brigham City for several years, Like, and currently has probably more guns than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. Um But he has a cannon. Yeah. And every year on the 4th of July, when I was little, I don't know that he still does it anymore, but he he has this little cannon. It's probably... I don't know, two feet long and about a foot high. It's like this stainless
2: steel, heavy as fuck little thing. (laughs) Well, it needs to contain that pressure.
1: But he, oh yeah. But he'd, he'd take it out in the front yard and Mm. pack it with toilet paper. Yeah. And he'd fucking fire it for the 4th of July. Set up home alarms? (laughs) Dude, just with the the fucking toilet paper that he would pack it with would shoot half a block down the fucking road. And it's loud as fuck, man. (laughs) It was pretty cool when I was a kid. I fucking loved it. It was awesome.
2: was going to fire the cannon. All right. I I got to fire a few rounds out of a howitzer last year.
1: Oh, that's right. That was fucking fun. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you telling us about that. That would be kind of fun. But uh, Mm -hmm. you don't need a howitzer at your house for home protection. And I mean, David Barton's argument is basically thermonuclear weaponry for everyone. Well,
4: that's the way he's going.
2: Yeah.
1: There's There should be no restrictions. You can own whatever weapons
4: you want. Yeah. So the founding fathers talked about it because what they did was said, hey, don't set your cannon off within a mile of town. We're tired of town getting blown up. Right. You know? But you can have a can- Wait, you- wait. There's a restriction on that cannon?
1: That's weird. Huh. Hmm. We don't want you shooting your cannon off in town. And really, if you have this weapon for protection, then why the fuck are you shooting it off
2: anytime other than for protection anyway? Like, well, I mean, I would have it sitting on the second story window. Yeah. And when that robber comes by and I see him <laughs> coming down the road, I know which one he is. <laughs> He's the same one all the time breaking into my house. Be firing from the ramparts at yep. you, partner. I just let loose. <laughs> Got to replace all the windows in the house afterwards, but I still, <laughs> he doesn't rob me that day.
4: Right. You know, is, but you can have a can, you, whatever. Whatever the government had, you could have. Right. And that was the belief because we might have to take on the government someday. We hope that never happens. No. In case it does.
1: (sighs) This is the stupidest fucking argument. That's the other thing about this bullshit that bothers me is – that he and a lot of the people who believe the same kind of bullshit set the government apart as this completely separate entity. Mm -hmm. We are the fucking government. We're the people who elect elect those people. Those people are selected from the populace. They're not interlopers. They're not from an invading force who come in to rule over us. They're your average everyday citizen who chose to represent their community and try to
2: make things better for people. Which in... The Federalist Papers on the writing about the Second Amendment lays out exactly how many people should the country should have to be armed and ready to serve as national defense because we didn't have a little thing we called we didn't have a standing army. Well, we had a, we had a standing army. We had an active duty force, mm. but we didn't have a reserve or a national guard to de- that was to for home defense. Yeah,
1: we didn't have mm. army, air force, marines, yeah. coast guard. Well, we had, we had Marine and Navy. Yeah. Well, but I mean, we didn't have all of these different yeah, branches yeah, and. Yeah. We didn't have everything. Advanced weaponry. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't have fully automatic weapons, laser guided missiles, fucking no. nuclear weapons. Yeah.
4: We defend ourselves from anything that comes after us, whether it's from foreign or domestic, whether it's a gang, whether it's a government, whether it's, again, a crazy uncle. Right. We don't care. So for them, there was no limitation. On what you could use or how you could defend yourself. So they were okay with cannons. They're though. okay with cannons, and that was the that would be our equivalent.
1: Yeah, can you imagine somebody storming into a fucking school with a cannon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a school shooting
2: with a fucking cannon. Give me a break, you fucking Whoa. disingenuous fucking hack. Actually, one of the deadliest uh, school attacks was in the early 1900s with a stick of dynamite.
1: Oh sure. But we
2: also regulate that. (laughs) Now. They weren't regulated then. Yeah. You could easily go down to your general store and pick up your dynamite to go blow rocks up out of your farm field.
1: Would this be one of those regulations that they put in place when they realized, oh, hey, maybe we should have a law (laughs) about that.
2: Or maybe maybe we should... People can access this type of stuff, but they need to be on a list of people that are authorized to purchase this type of material, and not just your average Joe Blow can go get one, because we don't want someone throwing a stick of dynamite in a single-house school
4: again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Equivalent of high-capacity magazines or machine guns or anything it could be equivalent else. equivalent to a tank. It could be equivalent to a tank.
2: Now, you can own a tank. just can't have a functioning weapon on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just... David Barton is a dickhole, and so is Steven Crowder. Like, he just... Crowder fucking bothers me because he's... I, I don't mind a difference of opinion, and if there is a difference of opinion from people, I'd like to find out how they came to arrive at their opinion, what they're using to base, you know, as the basis for that opinion. But when they frame their argument and the argument of people who have differing opinions in such a way as to make it just completely ridiculous. That bothers me. Like, there's, there's no way to really mischaracterize or lampoon these people's position, like Crowder and David Barton. Like all you have to do is say, this is what you guys are saying. And it's yeah. fucking ridiculous. I can tell you, I can just repeat back to them exactly what they've said and point out why it's fucking ridiculous. But on, um, but in reverse, they don't do that. They don't. Tell me that, okay, just so I understand what you're saying, you're saying blah, blah, blah. No, they fucking create straw men out yeah. of everything that people on the left say and, you know, mischaracterize the arguments and just do whatever they can to delegitimize those views without actually addressing them. They're not having, they're not interested in an actual conversation about it. They're not trying to learn more. They're not trying to convince people who don't hold those same views they're speaking to their base and they're yeah. they're providing red meat to them they're not interested in real dialogue or trying to figure out what is the best way to go they've made up their minds that they're right and they don't fucking care about new information about somebody making a convincing argument other none of that they're not interested in dialogue they're not interested in learning anything they're not interested in changing their views they want to force
2: their views onto you well and i've i i I saw it pop up a little while ago where i the reason why such and such country never invaded America was because we have so many armed citizens and they knew they couldn't they couldn't fight <laughs> us. And it's like, no, you dipshit. The reason why they didn't invade America was because there's three thousand miles of ocean in between us and them. And guess what? That's really hard to ship supplies across and keep a keep a military supplied and and, and reinforcements coming.
1: Do you know who the they, they were? I can't remember which, about. I can't remember
2: if it was, uh, like, if it was a, a Europe or a Spain or something like that when we were a fresh country. Mm-hmm. It was, cause they already learned from. Ooh, smell that new country <laughs> smell. <laughs> well, even with the Revolutionary War and stuff, it was a war of attrition pretty much, in my opinion, because you just had to prevent Europe from getting resources. Mm-hmm. Keep them off the, off the beaches, keep them off the land, uh, their soldiers run out of supplies and shit. It's like, well, fuck. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? Yeah. Just like the Civil War. We're stranded over here. Lincoln had the railroad in the North during the Civil War. The South didn't have the railroad. Lincoln could move troops, information, and supplies way quicker than the South could. Hmm.
1: hmm. Well, in the South. <laughs> well, but I mean. <laughs> they're, they're people from the South, so they're automatically yeah, at a disadvantage but, anyway.
2: But <laughs> logistics in war make a huge difference. The oh, yeah. ability to move weapons and people into a place efficiently and, and quickly to them and, and to resupply them, yeah. them and keep them going yeah. allows them to fight longer and win the battle of who's got more bullets. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're absolutely right there. So yeah, David Barton and Steven Crowder are both fucking dipshit dickholes. holes. Now you
2: can own military hardware. You can own a fighter jet. Yeah. You can own a tank, mm-hmm. but guess what? The weapons don't fucking work.
1: Yeah, well, and that's, that's just the it. rule is, is a tank isn't a weapon in and of itself. A tank is a large metal housing. Yeah, it's a good. It's a that, perfect. That's a perfect word. It's a platform for housing weapons. Yeah. If the, the tank itself is not the necessarily weapon. a weapon. Like, like, I mean, I guess you could turn it into one if you decided to drive a tank over stuff. Yeah, or but even stuff,
2: but... Uh, you can own a World War Two bomber or fighter plane. Mm. You can own decommissioned uh fighter jets. There's a guy in the U.S. that privately owns a Harrier. Oh wow! But guess what? They don't carry munitions. Yeah. They're not. They're not able to carry munitions anymore. All there the are guns. No weapons systems Yeah. They're on they're them. they're not. They're no longer weaponized.
1: Yeah. But according to David Barton, they should be. Yeah. We should be able to have laser guided missiles this on that right. Harrier. <laughs> we should be able to have a thermonuclear weapon
2: yeah. in my basement. And actually, the guy that owns that harrier, I think when I was, saw the story on him, he's the only guy in the world that privately owns a harrier, and he had to buy three of them, four parts, yep, so he was he was previously a harrier pilot in the military. Then when he got out and then he, he had, shaved, well, he did shave <laughs> uh, <laughs> but when uh because uh the harriers uh, British aircraft, they no longer use it, and when they when they no longer use aircraft, they sell them to the public. But he was one of the few qualified people to fly him that wanted that wanted one. Yeah. But now it's, now it's like, well, they don't long. They no longer make parts for him. Yeah. So <laughs> he bought one that was still able to fly, uh-huh. and two as parts aircrafts, and basically had a museum and everything buy it for him, hmm. so he can fly at the air shows. Oh. Wow. And he has a team that keeps it running and stuff, and.
1: Hmm. Well, that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. So have his, own, his whole dream was Harrier. just to keep the Harrier alive. So it's technically, he's the pilot of the Harrier. Yeah. His name's on it, but it's owned by a whole coalition of people that help keep it airworthy and, huh. uh, for, for air show demonstrations.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Speaking of Harrier. <laughs>
2: Segway. <laughs> uh, you didn't say anything
1: about my lack of beard.
2: I did. I was just like, I noticed it's, it was shorter. Uh, a, a lot, a lot shorter. shorter. I'm not observant all the time. When uh, You're when... wearing a red shirt and it's a red beard. It was, I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's an illusion. Kind
1: oh, of yeah. Um, but when we had, yeah. <laughs> so I mentioned previously that Tracy's brother was in town, brother yeah. and sister-in-law
2: and their kids. Did and you pass out and get gum in it?
1: No. <laughs> but so the Friday before, I had gotten really, you know, super shit-faced yeah. and made an ass of myself because I couldn't maintain anything <laughs> i was just i was a drunken fucking mess um and then they went to park city stayed up there for most of the week you know they they went to dinosaur park in vernal and they went up to park city did a bunch of shit up there and then they stayed with us uh saturday and sunday again and uh you know of course tracy's brother was like what's up dan you're up ready for round two <laughs> fuck like, no. no that's not happening <laughs> um But we were going to go somewhere, and I needed a haircut. I cut my own hair because it's getting to be less and less all the time, and I keep it really short, so I just use the clippers on it and do my own hair. And I have also been trimming my own beard, and that's been going pretty well for several years now. And I was in the bathroom trimming my beard with the electric corded uh, trimmer clipper Mm -hmm. deals, and the cord caught itself on the edge of the drawer or one of the drawers in the bathroom as I was moving it to my face. And I just, I'm not exactly sure how it happened other than that the cord caught on the cabinet or the drawer. And I ended up like, like way into way into where my beard was. And I was like, Oh fuck. Well now I've got to cut it really short or much shorter than it was. So I started doing that. And on the left side, I was using my left hand. And just am not very coordinated there and made <laughs> it worse, <laughs> made it worse on the left side. And then I was like, God damn it. Now the whole fucking, fucking thing's basically is... <laughs> got to come off. Um, and yeah, ended up spending like 45 minutes in the bathroom. Tracy's wondering what the fuck was going on. She comes in just as I'm clearing all of the hair out of the <laughs> sink and I turn around and I'm like, I'm just covered in fucking yeah. hair everywhere. And. I turned around, and she's standing there, and she's just, like, mouth agape, like,
2: what happened? I slipped.
1: (laughs) And I'm like, I fucked it up while I was trying to trim it. She's like, but it's, it's, like, all gone. Like, did you mean to do it? And I said, no, I was, I was trying to trim it, and I fucked up. And she's like, oh, well, that sucks. And I'm like, well, thanks, I love you, too. And she's like, oh, no, I just mean, you know, (laughs) because. I know you like having a beard and you look good with a beard, and I like the beard, and now it's not there anymore. And so that sucks. I'm sorry.
2: That's kind of how I went cue ball the first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My one of my best friends, uh, Zach Whitney, who's probably listening to this right yeah. now because he <laughs> listens to the podcast. Hi, Zach. Uh, I had hair almost to my shoulders, mm. like long, and I was always dying at crazy freaky colors. Mm. And I was like, I want to cut it off. So we grabbed the trimmers and he's cutting the hair off. Mm. Well, he behind his back, he takes the guard off and just goes, <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. So we we do it all with no guard. And I'm like, fuck it. Grab a razor and just fucking let's cue ball. If, if we're going all the way, we're going all the way. <laughs> Next day I go into work. It took my mom a good 30 seconds to recognize me. Oh, really? <laughs> well, she hadn't seen me that night. Yeah. We both worked at the same place. My mom was my boss, pretty much. Ah, doing what? Uh, at the furniture store, I worked in the warehouse loading and unloading furniture. And you worked at a was, furniture store? I've yeah. not
1: heard anything about yeah. this. I think. And
2: she was in charge of like the clearance center and setting up like all the store display stuff and all that kind of stuff. So I worked in the warehouse loading, and unloading the semi, and loading up customer furniture and moving furniture around in the actual store and cleaning sometimes. Mm. Yeah, so I, I walked into the warehouse, and I, I can't remember. My mom was pretty much like. Oh, that's you. <laughs> Cause she saw me with long hair. Then the next Ryan day she Patrick sees me. Ryan Duffy, what have yeah. you done to yourself? And she probably didn't like the fact that I had long hair and I was bleaching it. And it would be like, I've put like red hair dye in it sometime. It was just, just a fucked up looking fro going on on my head. Yeah. And then I had none at all. <laughs> I see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, so, but if you look like this, oh. this section right here, here Right yeah, you see that? Yeah, can you see that? That is, does it look shorter there? It there does there? look,
2: yeah, right, right by the chin. That's
1: yeah, or the jaw, the yeah, on the jaw, yeah. There. That that was the second fuck up I made <laughs> when I was like, oh <laughs> fuck me. But and so it's really it's shorter there. But I thought, okay, well now I have to trim everything else to be close to that. But it's so short right there. I'm like, no, I want to. I would try to keep as yeah. much length as possible without it looking really bad. So, but yeah, there's this there's this and patch that's about I don't know, about the size of a old $1 coin.
2: I mean, you get to work from home most of the time anyway. That's much shorter. So, yeah.
1: yeah, most people don't notice. It's it's only when I go out in public and then everybody's <laughs> like, "Hey, uh, what happened to your fucking face, man?"
2: <laughs> they say that to born me too. This way. <laughs>
1: But so yeah, it's gonna be another few months before I yeah. before I have a long beard again. I don't know, I just have to figure out how to deal with it, and I'll do that uh, in a moment.
0: Okay. This is Doctor Hector Garcia, author of Alpha God and Sex Power and Partisanship, and you are listening to Godless Revolution.
1: Alyssa Armstrong is going to be here within the hour, and she represents Glorious Salvation Ministries. the largest group of megachurches in the country and this meeting was not easy to get oh no 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 no! i had to buy three of
2: george w bush's dog paintings to get him to vouch for me
3: No, we all know there's no god but there is a ton of money to be made in his name so let's try to act like professionals today Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible.
1: That's silly, right-wingers? Fucking, they're wrong-wingers. <laughs> so apparently you had heard about this story yeah. and, and brought it to my attention. I hadn't heard anything about it. Apparently right-wingers are boycotting Nike? Yeah. Declaring a, a Nike boycott again? Yep again,
2: you know, because it hurt them so much last time.
1: <laughs> for those of you who, well, I'm just going to read the story because I think it probably talks about it. Uh, this comes to us from Right Wing Watch. It says, Right Wing pundits and politicians are stating their intentions to boycott Nike after the company decided to withdraw a series of sneakers that featured a Betsy Ross flag, apparently forgetting that they had already called for a boycott last year. The Wall Street Journal reported yesterday that Nike had decided to pull a series of Air Max 1 tennis shoes. Wall Street Journal's Sources said, after former NFL player Colin Kaepernick advised the company to pull the design from shelves. The shoes featured a 13-star American flag, often referred to as the Betsy Ross flag. As SiriusXM Progress radio host Dean Obidala points out, the Betsy Ross flag has been used for years in white nationalist and white supremacist propaganda, whose proponents ideal- idolized eras of American history when slavery was legal.
2: Yep. So they probably should have looked into that a little bit before designing these shoes. And I just want to, I want to point out here real quick in this article I'm looking at too. Mm-hmm. They've also pulled two other shoes this year. Oh, really? Uh, one recently in China, mm-hmm. uh, because of backlash on social media. Then the other one. Does it say
1: what, what the backlash was it, for it,
2: that one? It wasn't saying. Oh, okay. Uh, but then there's another one that they pulled from Panama because uh, it was racially insensitive towards the indigenous groups. Hmm. So
1: they have been alerted to the problems with the shoe designs. And once they realize that there was a problem, they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, but maybe
2: we should pull that. Yeah, we'll, we'll pull
1: that. That was that was we we made it oopsie. And we'll fix that by but the, pulling them. Or, the outright or doesn't them
2: have them. a problem with a shoe being pulled in China or in Panama because it offends people there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they don't live in China or Panama. (laughs) So they probably don't even realize
2: that this isn't the first time they've done something like this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right wing pundits had declared intentions to boycott Nike products last year after the athletic company released an ad campaign featuring Kaepernick, who has been an outspoken voice against police violence affecting black and brown communities in the United States. After the ad campaign debuted last year, conservative internet users shared photos and videos of themselves mutilating their Nike sportswear. Setting Nike shoes on fire and taking scissors to Nike socks. Which is just fucking stupid. You like, already paid for it. You've like. already yeah, you've already yeah. bought this shit. You're not harming Nike. Like no. all you're doing then is giving them free advertisements for people on the left who are like, Yeah, look at these fucking right wing idiots. I'm gonna go buy some Nikes now because these dipshits are destroying their own
2: Nike shit. Now I've this is my third Nike hat like this. A little Schwusy, yeah. Uh because Oz has eaten two of them already. <laughs> and I like these I like the fabric on it. Oh yeah. It's nice, a light very, fabric. very yeah. lightweight fabric, air breeze through it. Yeah. I like the hat. Yeah. It looks and, very comfortable. And I like the fact it has Nike on it now. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's a good hat. <laughs> Arizona Governor Doug Ducey. I wonder. That's, a, that's a Deucey <laughs> of a name.
1: <laughs> He's a deuce. Announced Tuesday that he ordered the Arizona Commerce Authority, quote, to withdraw all financial incentive dollars under their discretion that the state was providing for the company to locate here. And that's just fucking petty. End quote in response to the news. It is really fucking petty. And really, who the fuck is it going to hurt? It's not going to hurt Nike. They'll just no. go somewhere else. Okay, yeah. fine. You're not going to give us those tax incentives? We'll That's go fine. somewhere else. Like, I think it's kind of bullshit. that companies get tax breaks like that anyway. Just I to do, move too. In there. But it's right. not going to hurt anybody but Arizona. Mm. Uh, Ducey's move was celebrated by White House social media manager Brad Parscale and Trump 2020 senior advisor Kim Guilfoyle called Nike's decision pathetic. GOP chair Ronna McDaniel said that it was, quote, shameful for Nike to cave to this degree of political correctness, end quote, while Mark Lauder, di- director of strategic communications for Trump's 2020 campaign, urged people not to buy Nike
2: products ever again. I'll go buy another one of these hats, just for in case Oz one again. Listen to these fucking yeah. triggered little snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> Senator
1: Ted Cruz accused Nike of only wanting to, quote, Sell sneakers to people who hate the American flag. And, quote. Right. Representative Josh Hawley joined in and claimed that Nike is, quote, a symbol of everything wrong with the corporate economy. End quote. Fox News host Laura Ingram declared that her family would no longer purchase Nike sneakers. Oh. That's great. I, good. Okay. Fucking don't. Anti-Muslim activist Bridget Gabriel called for a Nike boycott, and far-right commentator Michelle Malkin put it more bluntly. Fuck Nike. The verified Women for Trump Twitter account tweeted that Nike was dead to them. Newsmax's John Cardillo wrote, screw you both to Nike and Kaepernick. So these people are arguing to have a symbol that white nationalists use to to promote and propagate their harmful views. They want Nike to put that on their things. They want. White nationalist racist fucking symbols on things everywhere. What does that tell you about the right wing and the people that support them and prop up Donald Trump as fucking president? That they want white nationalist racist fucking emblems on stuff and they get pissed off when they're not there.
2: Like, I mean, look how un-American this one is. It's a Nike air shoe. Uh Uh-huh. Uh commemorating the lunar landing Uh with with uh the red and white stripes in the back of it and uh-huh. a lunar print in front of I me. Mean, that's so anti-American. It is terrible. I mean. They should be ashamed of themselves. The price is a little anti-American.
1: <laughs> no, it's totally American. Well, I guess it sold
2: <laughs> when they first came because they don't do, they do limited runs on, of their on, of their shoes. So this yeah. one was released in 2014. It was $145 when it first was released. Now that you try to find them, $720 for the shoes. Apparently, shoe collecting is a thing that. Some people uh, yeah, do. I've I've heard of some certain like Nike Air shoes going for like thousands of dollars, ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's it's incredible to me that not only did they call for a boycott last year and apparently fucking forgot it because yeah. you know they have the attention span of a gnat, <laughs> but they totally forgot about that. Now they're calling for you know, oh yeah, we need to boycott Nike again because they're trying to stop spreading messages of hate division and racism
2: i mean it's not like the typical nike airs aren't red white and fucking blue (laughs) i just and then they get they get upset that people
1: are you know they they complain that the left are a bunch of triggered snowflakes give me a fucking break yeah because we want to treat people equally and decently and humanely
2: that's the thing is i i that's that's just pc bullshit to them Uh, The whole political correctness thing is a bullshit line to begin with.
1: Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. It's something that they use to mask their fucking divisive racist
2: policies. It's like, no, I'm not being politically correct. I'm just trying to be a decent human being.
1: Yeah, we're trying to respect other people's views and treat them as equal citizens and partners in this grand thing that we're calling America. Yeah. And apparently that's not the way that we should be doing it. No. We sh we should go back to the days when those people had
2: to sit down and shut the fuck up because they were slaves. It's like when I see people get pissed off because of of some of these programs that are showing up on like Netflix and stuff that show, hey, America hasn't always been that great. So are you believe in this yeah. perfect country, but we've been shits to each other for a very long time. Uh huh. And we've been even worse to people of color. Uh-huh. So don't think that the stuff that's coming out now is some sort of weird brainwashing and trying to reprogram people to be sissies. No, it's well, yeah, but we were it's kinda, we were mean to those people, not to me and my people. Yeah, like I don't give a fuck about those people.
1: That's we should still be able to be mean to them because if we're not going to be mean to them, well, then who are we going to be mean to? I need somebody to be mean to. I need somebody to treat inhumanely.
2: I need somebody to demonize and blame all of my problems on ants. <laughs> not your ant, but the physical ants in the ground. They eat my cookies. (laughs) Uh, so do you guys remember Kevin Swanson?
1: Unfortunately. Sackcloth and ashes guy. Yeah. That if one of his kids told him that he told him that they were gay, he would cover himself in sackcloth sackcloth and ashes and And self emulate and feces.
2: (laughs) Wasn't he going to start himself on fire? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I,
1: I, He might have. I don't remember him saying he'd set himself on fire, but I think he talked about sackcloth ashes and smearing himself with feces, because that's a thing you should do. Uh, Apparently now, he has delivered an invocation in front of a Colorado government meeting saying that gays should be put to death. Oh, nice. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, This is also from Right Wing Watch. Most of the things that we're doing this evening and, in fact, in a lot of our shows are from Right Wing Watch. You should all go out and support them monetarily as we do.
2: They put the – they collect all the shittiest stuff from the Right Wing and let us watch it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they don't have to look hard.
2: No, (laughs) just on Twitter.
1: (laughs) Uh, So this says, last Wednesday – The Board of County Commissioners in Elbert Elbert County, Colorado, held a commission meeting at which radical anti-LGBTQ pastor Kevin Swanson was invited to deliver the opening prayer. Yeah. He was invited to do this. We think you're a pretty swell guy, Kevin Swanson. Come and give us opening prayer, why don't you? Swanson is a teaching elder at Reformation Church as well as a right-wing radio host who has repeatedly used his Generations program. To declare that the proper biblical punishment for homosexuality is death, Swanson also openly endorsed that position at a national religious liberties conference he hosted in 2015, at which Republican hopefuls Ted Cruz, Mike Huckabee, and Bobby Jindal all spoke. And we covered that when they did that. At the Doesn't
2: time. this sound very uh, Nazi-ish? Very
1: Nazi-ish.
2: Yeah. Let's and, kill them.
1: What's that? Oh, that. Yeah, we should just put them all to death. Yeah. Round them all up. Get them in. Get them in a. In a. Well. In a place, in a, in a camp, an encampment, a, a, a location, yeah. we can just concentrate <laughs> them, them. Yeah. into this specific area or camp. We'll just concentrate them yeah. in this camp, into this into this camp where we've concentrated people. Yeah. I guess you could call it a concentration Con- camp, yeah. where they're all there in a concentrated little little packed cell of people, and then we can just murder them
2: all. And if if we can't get them into there, we'll just take a side of the town and like close it off. Mm-hmm. And not put a whole lot of like work into that area, you know. It might get a little ghettoish, but right, right. Yeah. We'll, we'll just put them there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this is a clip
1: from that religious liberties conference where he delivered that stirring.
0: There are instances in which operation. both the Old Testament and New Testament speak to the matter with unbelievable clarity. And friends, and this is the highest level, the very highest level of clarity. Where the word of God has spoken, both Old Testament and New Testament ought not to be any debate whatsoever about it. No and there you know can what be that debate. sin is. It's a sin of homosexuality. Romans 1, First Corinthians chapter six, First Timothy, I think it's chapter four. you think. And of course, Leviticus 18, Leviticus 20. The word of God speaks there both. and in fact, in Romans chapter one, Paul affirms that this particular sin is worthy of death. In Romans chapter one.
1: Yeah, we should all, you know, just use that one single book as our source for all moral guidance and yeah. learning of every kind. I mean, it's really the most important and only book that we should ever really focus on.
2: I mean, I think the podium says it all. I can't see what the bottom half has, uh-huh. but the top half has says freedom. Uh-huh. Then I can see a flame. Just burning freedom. Uh-huh. He just wants to burn our freedom <laughs> <He> to the <laughs> wants ground. To,
1: wants to burn all that freedom away.
0: So, granted, there are varying levels of clarity slash relevance relating to ethics, but still, the the Old Testament, and New Testament, I believe, both speak with authority, and we ought to receive it. No,
1: <sighs> what? Both speak with authority, and we ought to receive it. We ought to receive that authority from this ancient book of fairy tales, and treat it as if it's the most important thing ever.
2: I I give that book no authority or respect.
1: (sighs) Story continues and says that during that same conference, Swanson vowed that if one of his own children was gay and attempted to get married, he would smear himself in cow manure and wail lamentations outside the venue.
0: Sackcloth and ashes. I was thinking, you know, there are parents, and this is not a funny thing, there are families whose and we're talking Christian families, pastors' families, elders' families, in good, godly churches. Their sons are rebelling, hanging out with homosexuals and getting married, and the parents are invited. What would you do if that was the case? Here's what I would do: Sackcloth and ashes at the entrance to the church, and I'd sit in cow manure, and I'd spread it all over my body. That's what I-
1: God, I hope one of his kids is gay, <laughs> me too. I want to see do. that.
0: And I'm not kidding. I'm not laughing. I'm grieving. I'm mourning.
2: I'm pointing out the problem. There's no problem. It's not a
0: gay time. (laughs) These are the people with the sores, the gaping sores.
1: We did cover this. The sores that are
0: pussy and gross. And people are coming in and carving happy faces on the sores. They're carving happy faces on the sores. It's not a gay time. It's terrible. That's not a nice thing to do. <laughs> don't you dare carve happy faces on open pussy sores. Don't you ever do that. Don't who's, you ever. who's doing that? I tell you, you do that? don't do it. <laughs> Sackcloth and ashes.
2: This is what America needs. Who's? Who's... who's I want to know this guy. That's just randomly going on the street, going, "Ooh, pussy sore. I need to carve a happy face in that. <laughs> oh, let's turn Aww. that let's turn that frown upside down, Mister Pussy Soar. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> well, you know, a frown is just the smile you're looking at the wrong way.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, the story continues and says, recently, Swanson warned that God will cut down pop star Taylor Swift for releasing a pro LGBTQ song and declared that the wildfires that ravaged California last year were God's punishment on the state for its years of attempting to legitimize the sin of homosexuality.
2: (laughs) And he's probably not mad at the the fact that the song was LGBT affirming. Hmm. It's probably more the way it portrayed people from the right.
1: Oh, I'll bet it's both. I'll bet it's both because it portrayed the people on the right as they are in the nature. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With their... Ridiculous fucking signs and stupid sayings about it's not Adam and Steve. It was Adam and Eve. Ah, uh, Such comments are par for the course for Swanson, whose outrageous views have they have chronicled or the right wing watch has chronicled for years, including the Girl Scout cookies promote lesbianism. Women who use birth control have quote, little tiny fetuses, these little babies embedded into the womb meaning that the wombs of women who have been on the birth control pill effectively have become graveyards <laughs> for lots and lots of
2: little babies. Better shove some uh, crosses in there.
1: <laughs> it sounds like somebody needs to douche.
2: <laughs>
1: Gonorrhea is God's punishment for single women having sex. Hmm. Frozen is a demonic movie meant to indoctrinate my five-year-old to be a lesbian. Beyonce is possessed by demons. I've heard many people say that. <laughs> sodomite schools are pushing child abuse and homosexual forms of laboratories. Are
2: uh, uh, Sodomite schools? Those are public schools, I'm guessing.
1: Or laboratories? I guess what? Are those are those public schools? <laughs> oh, I'm sure they are. Uh, flooding and fires in Colorado were the result of quote decadent homosexual activity end quote. And women wearing, wearing pants. pants.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, oh you, you hear that, fuck. ladies? You need to stop wearing pants. So the flooding and fires in Colorado will stop.
2: You just need to wear a capris. So when the floodwaters do come up, your pants don't get wet.
1: <laughs> this is, it. it points to the ridiculousness of their stupid beliefs in this invisible magic sky wizard, right? Like, that is so upset by the things that these people don't like, that he's going to do something about it. And, you know, where he could do something that would absolutely directly point to the existence of him Mm -hmm. or her or it or whatever, that rather than doing that, he'll do something that then people can interpret as as being, Oh, well, God was really upset. You wore pants. And so he set this hill on fire. (laughs) What the How the fuck do you make that connection? Well, if you look at the hill here
2: sir it uh <laughs> it burned in the formation of a pair of pants
1: it It clearly has, if you look toward the upper part of the hill, some rather pronounced breasts, yes, and as we work our way down, you can see that the fire line stopped right at the belt line, yep, and then it's just a burned pants figure in the side of the hill, clearly indicating that God hates pants. Yes.
2: And if you notice, it's got a very nice belt buckle on it.
1: Yes. Yes. A rodeo champion of some sort, I'm guessing. I
2: might mine for gold there. (laughs) It's sign from God.
1: I just, I don't... (laughs) I don't understand how they've, how they can just read what, like, something happens and they're like, oh, well, some, something, some invisible force is pissed off about something. What, what is it that I don't like that I can say that this invisible force that's more powerful yeah. than me, uh, chose to do this? Like, if, if your God communicates with us that way, then he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> well,
2: so this is on subject, but not on subject. We've been having more missionaries stop by lately. Oh, yeah. And I got that, that we, by we, you mean you and Sarah? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I was in my office and I see on the doorbell thing, I'm like, uh, I just yell, fucking missionaries are here. And she goes up. So I, I keep listening to their conversation. And Sarah's kind of going soft on them. Uh-huh. And they keep talking about, well, we have prophets that have told us this and this and this. My thought is, I'm like, you do realize that you are saying that you have people that talk directly with the God. By definition, you are in a cult.
1: Well, well, I don't think that's the definition of a cult. I mean, well, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of different things one, that go well, into
2: it, but one of the big things with the like definitions for a cult is someone who thinks they have a direct contact with a god.
1: They have they have the hotline phone to for, Jesus. To Jesus yeah. is
2: one of the like defining parts of how you define a cult. Yeah,
1: yeah, separating you from your family members, demonizing yeah. others, isolationism, yeah. Yeah, there, in, there are there in, a bunch of in, different things, all of which really the LDS Church fits
2: into yes. a little bit at least. They probably hit nine out of ten requirements. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would say easily. And, I mean, really, it, uh, you know, it's just the Mormon Church has grown so large that it's hard to call it a cult because there's so many but members. That but that doesn't at the same matter. Time it doesn't,
2: yeah, that shouldn't matter. It, it's it's uh, I mean it's, that would be saying like the more people that believe it, the more true it is. Yeah, like no, it doesn't doesn't matter how many people believe or take yeah, part. Yeah, the bandwagon fallacy. Well, yeah. a lot of people believe it, so it must be true. No, yeah, no,
1: that's not really how this we, works.
2: I need to find that. Uh, I can't remember what what the 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 person was called that came up with the uh, uh, comprehensive list to basically determine if you're in a cult or not. And it's got oh. a name for the guys. I think the thing is named for the guy. Oh. That invented it. Um, uh, it's ringing a little bell. I in the back remember of the it head. Is. Yeah. but we should find that and go through it some night with different religions. Going, does it hit that mark? 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 And it's basically the
1: way to uh... qualities and characteristics of a cult. What makes a cult? Rick Ross opinion.
2: <laughs> Six sociological, uh, we'll have to, we'll yeah, to we'll do it some other time, time. but yeah. I kind of, next time they come by, I kind of want to go out there and have a cult talk with them.
1: I would like missionaries to stop by the house
2: sometime and just
1: have a chit-chat, like,
2: like, Like, just employ the Socratic method with them. If two came over right now, would we invite them down here in the podcast, dude? Do you think they would do it? Yeah. Oh, I don't think they would do it. I don't think they would do it because they would be
1: worried that church leaders... They wouldn't have to say their names. Yeah. We could keep them... But then they wouldn't be living the true and righteous life, Ryan. They have to be.
2: They have to be honest about things. Well, we'll be honest and say, hey, we're not going to ask your name.
3: Okay. You're not lying,
2: then, <laughs> brother A, brother B, <laughs>
1: Bro- brothers Ab. <laughs> um, that would be that would be fun. But it would be fun to just talk to some missionaries again.
2: Maybe I should pull the sign off <laughs> my door. But Tracy yeah, really likes it. I, I don't think they're gonna. Knock,
1: yeah, yeah. They they have knocked on my door, but it wasn't to proselytize. They were looking for someone else and thought maybe I could help point them in the right direction. Okay.
2: No, they were there to proselytize. They were just pulling out the last second when they saw the sign and saw your. They probably rang the doorbell. satanic shirt yeah, and like they oh, rang the doorbell
1: fuck. and then saw the sign and went, oh no.
2: Then they see you and they're like, oh, oh. <laughs> Do you know Bill? So we're looking for Brother Smith.
1: Smith. Uh, he used to live around here. John Smith <laughs> Joe? No, Smith. It's Smith. You know a Smith around here? <laughs> Maybe a Doe, a John Doe. Is there a John Doe in the neighborhood? I think there yeah. might be. We're looking for that person to, to really help them. Um, Help put them on the straight and narrow. Put them back on God's path.
2: Yeah, they haven't been tithing the full 10%. We got their taxes, and notice they're lying.
1: They're only paying 10% on their take home yeah. and not on the gross. And, yeah. so that's, and gross. that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We both there. Uh, we'll finish up the show with some Lance now stuff, or maybe some Sterling Van Wagon and stuff. I don't know. We're, we have we have some stuff Okay, that's coming up in just a minute.
0: Hi everybody, this is Mikey Weinstein. I'm the founder and president of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation and you are listening to The Godless Revolution.
2: I don't like him. The priest. I know his alibi is good, but I don't like him. Man signs up to go without fucking for life.
1: Either he don't know himself for a liar or he's some
2: type Limited edition psycho, you know. I mean, everybody's fucking something.
3: If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330 81 Rebel, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you.
1: This uh, is some local news. That has national impact just because of the person the, involved. Well, and the crimes. And the crimes, sure, yeah. But, uh, it, well, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a mover and a shaker. He's a to do person. Well, maybe th-
2: then it is only in Utah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, this comes to us from the Salt Lake Tribune. Headline says Sterling Van Wagenen, a Latter day Saint filmmaker, gets six years to life. For child sex abuse. I hope it's the latter. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, American Fork. If it was up to this young girl, Sterling Van Wagenen would spend the rest of his life in prison for sexually abusing her. She stood in the courtroom Tuesday, arms crossed, as her older sister read a statement. She wants him to stop apologizing, she said. He should have come clean earlier and told her parents that he had touched her inappropriately. You lied to literally everyone, the girl said in her statement before Van Wagenen was sentenced Tuesday to spend at least six years in prison for the abuse.
2: And he's 71, I think it says. Yeah. 71, so yeah.
1: She's the second person that Van Wagenen, a 71-year-old Latter-day Saint filmmaker who, with deep ties to Utah's film industry, has admitted to molesting when they were children. And she wonders now if there are more. She urged him Tuesday to come clean if there are others. I believe with all my heart that there are others that you damaged, she said in her statement. Van Wagenen appeared emotional at times, steeled at others during his Tuesday sentencing, where he was sentenced to six years to life in prison. When it was his turn to speak, he turned to the victim's family and offered no apology and no new admissions. Quote, It's clear that any kind of apology I can make is meaningless at this point, he said, so I'm not even going to attempt one. I want you all to know I feel the consequences of what I've done. I feel them
2: deeply. Yeah, you can't apologize for something like that.
1: Yeah. And that's not the fucking point, dude. Nobody cares how you feel about it. No. You should be contrite and feel pity and shame and sorrow for the lives that you have fucking ruined through your actions. It doesn't fucking, it doesn't matter how you feel about it now that you're caught and being punished. You should feel remorse for the lives that you
2: fucking ruined. Yeah, for your your few minutes of gratification for their destroyed lives. Yeah,
1: yeah. A few moments went by, his attorneys talking to the judge about a housekeeping matter, when Van Wagenen interrupted. He had more he wanted to say.
2: Oh, really?
1: Oh, I'm so curious. He told the judge that he wanted to thank uh, Sean Escobar, a man whom he molested during a 1993 sleepover at his home when Escobar was 13. Now, just that wa- sentence
2: alone seems... <laughs> yeah, he wants to thank him for what? Yeah, Not coming forward? Yeah. Uh, the
1: girl had come forward earlier this year, and charges were brought after Escobar gave permission to the Truth and Transparency Foundation, the non group behind the Mormon Leaks website, to publish a secretly recorded conversation in which Van Wagenen admitted to abusing him. Quote, I am grateful to the blessing that Sean Escobar has been to me personally, Van Wagenen said. For bringing this all to light. You could have brought it all to light yourself. Yeah, Or Absolutely. you could have not fucking done it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Escobar was sitting in the courtroom Tuesday on the same aisle as Van Wagenen's other victim. After the hearing, he said he didn't know how to feel about his abuser's gratitude. Maybe it showed how chronic and evasive Van Wagenen had been around these issues for years. It was surreal sitting next to this young girl, Escobar said, who was the same age as he was when Van Wagenen abused him 25 years ago. 25 years ago, and he's just now getting punished for this.
2: Well, I mean, that's the 25 years between the two victims that are sitting there. Right. That's just the one sitting there.
1: Yeah. Van Wagenen admitted to abusing Escobar back in 1993 to police and his lay leaders within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You know, the Mormons. Yeah, the ones that don't report anything, too. But he never faced criminal charges for that abuse. He was disfellowshipped, a penalty short of excommunication from the Utah based faith. He got, so, he got church punishment. He got, he got a slap on the wrist from the yeah. church. He wasn't even excommunicated. They excommunicate people for being gay, for having yeah. sex out of wedlock. They didn't excommunicate this guy who was raping fucking children. Or, That's the kind of fucking church the LDS yeah. church is.
2: Or uh, what Sam Young recently, who got excommunicated because he said, hey, because I don't he think it's appropriate children. for you yeah. to talk about sexual stuff to kids. Yeah. Yeah. He was excommunicated for highlighting the fact
1: that bishops have interviews With children where these bishops ask young kids if they're masturbating, if they're touching themselves, how often they think about sex. They
2: have them go into graphic detail about the things they're doing. They should not be allowed to talk to minors about anything sexual.
1: Right. And Sam Young stood up to that and said, hey, I think this is a real problem. We shouldn't be doing this. And the church fucking excommunicated him for calling that into question. Whereas this guy admitted to raping a fucking child. And wasn't even discommunic- excommunicated. He was disfellowshipped. Yeah, and it was never reported to the police. Yeah. That is the type of shit the LDS Church fucking does. It's gross. Well, not just the
2: LDS Church, though.
1: Oh yeah, churches all, <laughs> all over the place. But the LDS Church tries to tries to say that it's you know God's it's perfect immune. restored church here yeah. on Earth. That yeah. their leaders all have the power of discernment, where they can tell instantly if somebody is a good person or a bad person. And that they handle these crimes, you know, with seriousness and with real thought and they'll report it to the authorities. Bull fucking shit. As Escobar sat in the American Fort courtroom Tuesday, he said he wondered what he would have said if he had the same chance to speak that if he had had if he had that same chance to speak that Van Wagenen's younger victim had. That's a really clumsy sentence. She pretty much said it, he said. I also saw her during the proceedings, and I saw the pain that she was going through. I'm so sorry for what happened. I just wish we could have taken measures earlier on, and it hadn't happened. Van Wagenen pleaded guilty earlier this year to two child sex abuse charges in two courtrooms. Both involve the same victim, a young girl who reported that Van Wagenen abused her between 2013 and 2015 when she was between seven and nine years old. Charging documents say the girl told her parents that Van Wagenen inappropriately touched her twice, once in her home in Salt Lake in Salt Lake County, and once at a location in Utah County. Van Wagenen's admissions were part of a
2: plea deal. Fuck a plea deal. He's admitting to a crime he committed. That shouldn't be a fucking plea deal. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and the whole idea that he would, that it's a plea deal and that he's, you know, all of a sudden so contrite and he really feels the pain yeah. of, of, you know, the things that he's being charged with now. Oh, okay. So you accepted a plea deal, meaning that you admitted you, that you, you actually admitted, did what you did. Yeah. And, and that you would face, you know, a, a shorter sentence or, you know, yeah. reduced charges. Yes, Judge. I did rob that bank.
2: Can I get a shorter sentence now? Yeah.
1: 4th District Judge Roger Griffin sentenced Van Wagenen on Tuesday while a judge in West Jordan will do the same next week. How much time Van Wagenen spends behind bars ultimately will be up to the parole board, but Griffin urged the board to impose a long sentence. He said that though Van Wagenen reported that he had suffered trauma as a child himself, he should have known better as an adult that what he was doing was harmful. Yes!
2: If If it harmed you as a child, don't do it to someone else. Yeah.
1: The judge choked back tears Tuesday as he addressed the victim directly. Quote, I want the victim to know you did the right thing, he said, and you are not responsible for anything that happened. End quote. The Salt Lake Tribune generally does not identify victims of sexual abuse, but Escobar agreed to the use of his name. After Tuesday's court hearing, the young girl hugged her family and cried, then shared a hug with Escobar. It was the first time the two had met. Escobar noted the girl's bravery, calling her my little hero. It took him 25 years to come forward and say that he was abused, and she had the strength to stand before her abuser Tuesday. He'll never get the same chance to see Van Wagenen handcuffed and led away to prison for sexually abusing him. But Escobar said he's grateful that the other victim will not have to live the life that he did, wondering for decades about the abuse and questioning what happened. What a blessing, he said. She doesn't have to spend the next 25 years wondering if he's hurting other people and if he's being honest. That's a gift. I would have loved to have that. Van Wagenen's movie resume is extensive. In 1978, he co-founded the Utah-slash-U.S. Film Festival, which grew to become the Sundance Film Mm -hmm. Festival. He was named the founding executive director of the Sundance Institute in 1981. His involvement with Sundance ended when he left the nonprofit's Utah Advisory Board in 1993. He was a producer of the 1985 film The Trip to Bountiful, for which Geraldine Page won a Best Actress Oscar. He directed the second and third installments of The Work and the Glory, movies based on author Gerald N. Lund's fictionalized accounts of early Mormonism. That sounds so exciting. <laughs> In 2013, the church began showing three films directed by Van Wagenen as part of Latter-day Saint Temple rituals, according to the Truth and Transparency Foundation. Those rites are among the faith's holiest ordinances available only to devout
2: members. Eh, not really.
1: Devout members and Mike Norton. Yeah. (laughs) Van Wagenen also was executive producer of the 2018 film Jane and Emma about the friendship between Emma Smith, wife of church founder Joseph Smith, and African-American convert Jane Manning James. So the church didn't do anything to fucking discipline this guy other than disfellowshipping him for a little while, not reporting him to the police, and allowing him to go on and you know, commit other acts against other children and ruin their fucking lives because he was making films for them that they liked.
2: I wonder if they'll, he was a good upstanding member of the church. And are they going to continue showing the films in the temple?
1: I would imagine that they will and are, I mean, they, they doesn't, I've seen no mention anywhere that they've commissioned Mm -hmm. somebody to create new films. They're, they're probably proud of his work. He's, he's, He's still a good member. He's just
2: misunderstood. They should just they should just watch the Book of Mormon while they're going through the rituals. Uh,
1: he's such a shitbag and I it angers me how fucking awful the alias church is and that I have so many family members that are members of it and I don't I th- I think by and large they probably don't know all the shit about it that I do because they put they on blinders. The, they yeah, don't want yeah. to know about it. They don't want to know because it could harm their view of the church and their eternal destinies. And they don't want that. They don't want to put any of that in, in jeopardy or at risk. They don't care that it may not be true as long as they can continue believing and telling themselves that it is true.
2: Like there's a lot of celebrities and people out there that, that I really like. And then when I hear one of them does something shitty, I'm like, well, that really sucks. They just lost my respect. Yeah.
1: That really sucks. I, I won't be, buying any more of their stuff or listening to any more of their stuff. More than that, though, I feel sorry for their victims that they've, yeah. that
2: they've harmed throughout the process. But with people of faith, they do the other things like, well, I didn't hear that.
1: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, it's oh. out there for you to fucking discover if you were interested in, in, in knowing the truth at all. Yeah. <sighs> we have some more good. Well, I, just, I say more. That wasn't, what we just that read was, was not, not really good news. good news. I mean, it's good that it's he's good. They, now going to it, prison,
2: but. What, the circumstances of why he went to prison aren't good. That was, good. Yeah, not, yes, not good at all. It's
1: definitely bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, Facebook removed, n- uh, conspiracy site Natural News. Yes.
2: This was, this is more than a month old, or about a month old. Sh- should I say something before this that's going to make you. Mad for a second. Uh, okay. <laughs> what is it? There have been more commercials being played for people to go and sue sue uh, glyphosate. Yeah. To go and up. sue Bayer. Yep.
1: Who who now owns? I I was
2: Roundup. I was paying attention to the wording in it too. This uh-huh. last time when it was on, uh-huh. and it doesn't say uh roundup causes cancer hmm. they said uh a court in a court opinion roundup may be the cause of your non-hodgkin's lymphoma uh, and if you want money come and get it
1: <laughs> oh lawyers! some of you are real dirtbags well uh, find dirtbags in any profession i guess yeah uh, this is from the Daily Beast. It says the Facebook on Sunday removed the page for Natural News, a far-right conspiracy outlet that had nearly 3 million followers. The page violated Facebook's policy against spam, the social media company told the Daily Beast on Monday. Natural News' founder Mike Adams wrote and wrote on fellow right-wing conspiracy site Infowars that his site was permanently banned from posting. He told the Gateway Pundit, another far-right site, that the apparent ban is evidence of a conspiracy against his website. Really? It's, it's, uh, it's weird that a conspiracy theorist would find that there's is perhaps it, it a, conspiracy a conspiracy against his website. The Daily Beast reported on Saturday that Natural News and its founder had a history of pushing hoaxes and calling for mass arrests against the left. Before the ban, Natural News had more Facebook followers than InfoWars at its peak.
2: Okay, that's... I just peeked. I'm like, because Infowars got pulled too. <laughs>
1: natural News used the page to push its trademark combination of natural remedies and far right conspiracy theories, including disinformation about vaccines, and of course, a bunch, a bunch of fucking bullshit about GMOs. Well,
2: that's where, like, with the uh, natural remedies, I liked yeah. it because I saw someone posted one the other day. It showed someone like, like, holding their back, like, oh, you got back pains, and it said, here's a natural remedy for, her for back pain. Grab olive oil and salt and rub it onto your back. Now your back is slippery and salty. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't done anything else, but now it's slippery <laughs> and salty. <laughs> Facebook has previously
1: banned similar pages, including those for Infowars, a move criticized by the right as censorship by Silicon Valley. In May, Facebook issued a new ban against Jones, plus bans against far-right figures like Joseph, Paul Joseph Watson, Laura Loomer, and Milo Yiannopoulos. As well as anti-Semite and nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan. The bans also applied to Facebook owned Instagram. We've always banned individuals or organizations that promote or engage in violence and hate, regardless of ideology, a Facebook spokesperson said of the bans in May. The process for evaluating potential violators is extensive and it, and it is what led us to our decision to remove these accounts today. Facebook has cracked down on conspiracy and extremist content over the past year. In August, it banned InfoWars and its founder, Alex Jones, although InfoWars appears to have used similar-sounding pages like NewsWars <laughs> to promote its content after the ban. <sighs> Facebook also began taking stronger actions against anti-vaccination hoaxes this year, banning anti-vax ads in March. Those ads previously targeted women in measles-stricken areas, the Daily Beast revealed. How
2: shitty of you. <sighs> Terrible! Terrible, 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 terrible. I mean, most anti-vaxxers aren't selling a product. They're trying to dissuade you from using medicine. Mm -hmm. So what are they putting up ads for? Uh, Just their blog? Their
1: homeopathic remedies for stuff?
2: But I don't see most of the Most of them I don't see, like, well, not selling, but a homeopathic remedy, you don't buy it from them. Usually unless they're selling you fucking those oils and shit. Yeah, essential oils. Yeah, most of them is like... Crystals just,
1: and magnets and copper, yeah. everything. But it's
2: like most of them is just, go take a spoonful of lemon juice. <laughs> if you and... want to kill weeds
1: in your garden, just spray them with vinegar.
2: Yeah. No. Uh,
1: it just burns the top, but it. it doesn't really get rid of them. No. They come right back. Uh Yeah, so... That's that. And it's also the end of our show.
2: Yay! What? You made it all the way to the end. You do not get a prize. (laughs) Uh, Before
1: we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. Remember what we were going to do here? Yeah. Okay. Just checking. So, our Patreon supporters are Alan Firth, New Mania, Chris DeKalbach, Gaytheist, Larry Wilson, Stephen Andrews,
2: Let Them Eat Covfefe, Two Skeptical Chaps, Michelle Short, Vanessa, Captain Samples, Utah Outcast, Janet Uter, Marius Scott Wes Aaron, Andrew Vodopich, Jeremy Goodson, Randy Hamrick, Megan Kennedy, The Fuzz, Jesse Pointer,
1: <laughs> uh, Jeff Peterson. Oh, no, I was going to say, uh, I think he dropped, so oh. we'll... I'll have to edit this a little bit. So I said, uh, you said the fuzz or I said the fuzz? I said the fuzz. Uh, and then I said Jesse
2: Pointer? Yeah. Freethinker 215 and Mart Simpson supported Free Thought Society. Savita Kuna. Purple Dragon. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Taylor. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. And if you didn't find out from that. It's Taylor's birthday this week.
1: Taylor has a birthday on July 9th. We love you, Taylor. Uh, Sandra put us up to doing this, so you'll have to blame her for our off key singing <laughs> to you.
2: Sounded great in my, my head. Oh, I, we're fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. We should start a band.
1: Fuck yeah. <laughs> but, uh, thank you all very much. And Taylor, we hope you have a fantastic yes. birthday, uh, fabulous week, and we hope to see you sometime soon when you rotate back to You know, an area somewhere within our vicinity and can come and visit us. We'd love to see you. (laughs) Hope you're doing well and that you have a great day. And so until next week, crucify false historians.
2: Leave a review and get your Second Amendment tank.
1: And rate the show five times a day toward... Me. Mario. <laughs> It's-a me, <laughs> Wario.
3: <laughs>
0: I already done fixed it, Ryan.
2: <laughs> Is it fixed?
1: I fixed it, Ryan. It's done fixed already. I don't need to fix it later because I wrote a note down
4: and that I just fixed it in here before we even go to post. Before even the show's done. I just fixed it right now.